0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Bobcast MOB with Rick and Bob, the heartbeat of the Middle Ohio Valley. I'm your host, Bob Mercer. With me, as always, is my best friend in the whole wide world and the man on the other end of the string in Murphy Town, Mr. Rick Sawyer. Good evening to you, sir.
1: Good evening. How you doing? We're doing wonderful. Good. Retirement is good. retirement is good. Quit rubbing it in. I got two and a half, <laughs> four
0: years. more years. Two and a half, on, four, years, and a half four years. Two and a half, four years, and I'm done. Here at the Bobcast, we always look for positive things going on in the community. We try to bring on people who are making an impact on the community in a positive way. And first off, we we just like to thank everybody for your comments and coming up and saying, hey, you know, we, we listen to you. We get, uh, you know, people telling us, hey, we, we watched your Bobcast. It was really good. You know, thank you guys for doing this. Things like that make it worthwhile for what we're doing our special guest tonight is going to be Reed Byers, community advocate representing the community, rural communities opioid, opioid response program. Is that correct, sir?
2: That is one of our partners for the town hall.
0: Okay, all right. We'll get to that one. I huh? best. One. All right. First off, it's mark your calendar time. We got several to go through, people. And I thank everybody for this. People are sending us more and more every week to uh, to come on to the uh, to announce over on the DePau- pub. The Bobcast, I keep wanting to call it podcast. So, mark your calendar for these, Tuesday, August 2nd, 5 to 8 p.m. at the City Park Splash Pad. It's going to be National Night Out 2022. It's an annual community building campaign that promotes police-community partnerships, neighborhood mm-hmm. camaraderie to make our neighborhoods safer, more caring places to live. Join the Parkinburg Police Department, Wood County Sheriff's Department, for our celebration of National Night Out at the City Park Splash Pad. Other participants will be West Virginia State Police, West Virginia National Guard, members of ambulance squads, fire departments from across the county and the city. Planned displays will include the police department's Dare care vehicle, fire department's antique fire engine, Wood County Mobile Command, yay me, plus many, many more um, exhibits for us and fun for the kids. So come on out, bring your kids to the splash pad, introduce them to the police officers, firemen, EMS, and everybody else, and become involved in the community. Thursday, August 4th, 6.30 p.m. at the Rock Church, 1305 37th Street, Parker, Burgess, the Hope for Recovery Town Hall, topic of recovery, resilience, and hope. This will be a panel discussion about the struggle with addiction, hope for recovery, and how this all ties to the community. That's what our guest, Reed Byers, will be speaking about tonight, so I'm not going to go into all that because that's what he's here for. We were hoping to have Wendy Tuck on. Wendy is a District 4 City Councilman with me i'm district three she sits right off to my left on the council chambers um she's having a little bit of a technical issue i'm not sure what's going on rick and i are going to find out what happened so as, soon as Reed comes on in a few minutes we will go ahead and let him talk about that a lot of things going on saturday august 6th parker south high school bands holding tag day at various south side businesses from eight to two now this money It's going to be used for these kids to go to Disney. It's going to raise money for their trip. And so go out and support them and, and, you know, let let them have some fun. And I don't know if you've all been to some of their performances, some of their shows. Uh, They just got back off a grueling week of band camp. Uh, My granddaughter is a part of the collar guard. And my daughter, Erica, her mom, went with them. And they were wore out a whole week. They were wore out by the time they got home. These kids are dedicated to the band, just like the other bands in the community are. So come out next Saturday, 8 to 2, throughout the city, and help them raise their money. All right. We Are, which is a women's ministry summer market, will be held at the Rock Church from 8 to 3. The uh, same day, August 6th. I'm sorry. Uh, convicted Pigs Barbecue will be selling their craft barbecue, breakfast tacos, and barbecue meats, and sides. It'll be a small entrance fee, but their website calendar says it's free. Also, on that day from noon to six, Waverly Volunteer Fire Department's annual ice cream social. We try to get out there every year. And gun raffle at their fire station, at fifteen four twenty-five Emerson Avenue. Most of you know it's on most of the county line on Route two North. Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 79 is hosting a kid's drug-free picnic at Southwood Park, 630 to 830. Come out there once again and interact with the police department. Bring your kids out and the family out for some good fun. Monday, August 8th, 530 p.m., the Circles Campaign in the Middle Ohio Valley is hoping, is hosting <clears throat> an open to the public meeting at St. Joe Landing, which is the old St. Joe Hospital, on recognizing and talking to someone about suicide. Uh, Lisa talked to us about that. Um, Lisa talked to us about that last uh, when she was on once before, so we're we're trying to really push that. Circles is a great organization, um, and so if you you know we'll get to the volunteer section here in a minute. Let's see where we're at. August fourteenth, forty-six is the annual Parkersburg Ice Cream Social at the First Baptist Church, corner of Ninth and Market. That's a yearly thing that they have. Great fun. We try to go down there too. They usually have some good stuff set up. So come down, enjoy some ice cream, visit, fellowship, just you know, very good people. August 16th to the 20th, the Doddridge County Fair. I'm glad you're keeping open to me, Rick. I know you're asking me to slow down. Am I doing good enough? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm good, brother. I'm good. I uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, tickets are ten dollars at the gate. For $25 for non-riding season pass, or $35 for a riding season pass, whatever that means. A public forum will be held August 20th, 3 p.m. at the Trinity Episcopal Church Parish Hall on Fifth Street in Parkersburg to discuss possible plans for the Sumner School. Rick and I, for the last, well, since we started this, have been touting the Sumner School. This is a major piece of history, folks, right here in the Middle Ohio Valley. You really need to get involved, help these people out. It's just it's just well worth it. They'll be deciding the future of Sumner School, which direction you want to go in. Um, Sumner School was established 1862. It was the first free black school in the nation south of the Mason-Dixon line. And again, it's right here in our backyard, a big piece of American history. Um, this is kind of something that does and does not pertain to us. My nephew lives up in, um, oh, my God, (laughs) Zanesville, Zanesville, Ohio, and um, him and his partner bought a Redskins Lane. It's a bowling establishment. It's located at 100 North Washington Street in Utica, Ohio. Be reopening under their ownership very soon. He will send that to me. Uh, just a couple more things. September 17, 2022, Walk to in Alzheimer's at Williamstown Tomlinson Park. Amanda and I did that one time. Amanda and I, I think the girls were with us. Advanced registration is required. You can then go to our, our calendar page for contact information. Still, Archbridge Summer Music at the City Park on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock is going till August. And Parkersburg City Council meets regularly on the 2nd and 4th Tuesday of each month at 7.30 p.m. in The Council Chambers. Vienna City Council meets at 6 p.m. on the second, fourth Thursday of every month, and the Williamstown City Council meets the first and third Tuesday of each month. If if you want to get involved in what's going on in your community, and you really have a lot you want to say, and you really want to see which direction the city's going in, by all means, come to the city council meetings. We have public forum. Come in and come in. And t- let us know what's on your mind. You know. Um, Again, all events that we mentioned on the Bobcast will be posted on the calendar page of our website at thebobcast.net forward slash calendar and in the notes and comments on our YouTube channel. Bear with me. I apologize. Wow. And then we've added a new page to our website where we will post information resources that are available to our community. It's at thebobcast.net slash resources. That's going to be, Rick, can you explain that a little bit more of what's going to be on that just real quick?
1: Yeah, basically right now I've got uh, just a couple of things. I've got Suicide Prevention on there. That's uh, the new, uh, what is it, 988 number. Uh I've got some information on that. I have uh, some information on um, the circles uh, for getting out of poverty. And then we're just going to grow that page as we find out other resources uh, to help with uh, whatever people need help with.
0: Copy. Copy. Great. We'll look you there. there. Wendy. lucky there there's miss wendy there is miss wendy Uh, can you hear us okay wendy can you hear us i don't uh, i don't think our mic's able can you hear us okay shake your head no Uh, okay so, we're going to go ahead and move on just real quick here. We just have volunteer opportunities, Bargenburg Homecomings, August 19th and 20th of this year. They're in the process of accepting and organizing volunteers for the 2023 season. Again, if you want to become involved in the community, come down and help these people out. They need a lot. That's a big thing because I told you last week when we discussed this that once that's over with, they start the next day and they're starting the next day to start putting things together for next year. They need volunteers. They need people to, to help them out. The Ark of the mid Valley, SW Resources, and the Circles Campaign in the Mid-Ohio Valley are always looking for qualified volunteers. For more information, go to the volunteer page of our website at www.thebobcast.net. And see if we can. Wendy, can you hear us okay or no? Okay, I think she's stuck, Eric. Hold on a minute. Let me back up something. okay can you hear us wendy i don't think you can all right so like i said with us tonight is mr reed Byers. he's going to talk to us about the upcoming i'm sorry let me back this up here the upcoming um town hall meeting let me at the Rock Church at 1305 37th Street, Hope for Recovery Town Hall, and so we're going to have Mr. Reed Byers. We're going to introduce him. He could tell us a little bit about himself. Um, he could tell us, you know, how long he's been doing this stuff, and then he can go into what's going to happen. And if we have any questions, we'll pop it in there and and ask him some questions. So, Mr. Byers and Wendy, if you can hear us, thank you both very much for being here. So if you would like, sir, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about what's going to what's go on next week.
2: Well, thanks for having us today, Bob. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be thanks. here with Wendy, too. Um, I've been working in the mental health and substance use and youth prevention field for about two years now, and I think it's important to mention where I met Wendy first and where I met you first, Bob, was at Parkersburg City Council so it would have been last spring when I I was so fortunate to be a part of Healthy Kids Running Series, bringing the first series to West Virginia. And I showed up at council and the mayor had obliged to write a proclamation claiming it is the first West Virginia Healthy Kids Running Series. And I ended up going back to make sure that the mayor and city council was thanked. And uh, ever since, uh, I've just gotten more and more involved in the community trying to offer input on how the ARPA money can be used and just be an advocate for all things positive positive in the MOV. So, more specifically about this Hope for Recovery town hall, um, I was at a suicide prevention training several months ago with, with Wendy, and we had a conversation about one of her neighbors in District 4 who had somebody in the neighborhood storm through her front door, and that person was high on drugs and, and really terrified her neighbor, and I thought, what an awful situation to be in. you have to be that concerned about the people there are in your neighborhood. But the I had the epiphany of people are always going to use substances. If they're in the community, people are going to use them. So as a community, what vision do we have for the people who choose to use substances? Do we need harsher penalties? Do we need uh, harm reduction exchange programs? So I decided let's have a town hall on the controversial topic often of harm reduction. And Winnie said, I think that's a great idea, let's make it happen. Absolutely. So it was last spring, and I hadn't really moved forward for a while until... Amy Snodgrass, she works for WVU managing uh, the R-Core grant for our area, which is for opioid response. We're having a training this month, August 3rd and 4th, for regrounding our response. That training is for a curriculum about harm reduction stigma reduction for substance use. And there's five different topics that people will be getting trained in. And the people that facilitate that training, they're from all over West Virginia, some of them even more abroad. And they'll be coming to, to Parkersburg to facilitate that training. Some of the topics are... Adverse childhood experiences. Uh, talk about how traumatic childhood experiences can play a role in substance use later in life, or right. the stages of change where you know people go through different stages in their recovery from pre-contemplation, contemplation, and then how relapse sometimes can be a part of recovery. So we've got all those trainings our co- trainers coming in on August third and fourth, and Amy thought to herself, "What a good opportunity to put those people's expertise to use while they're in town and, and get them engaged in the community." So. We picked August 4th, that's uh, this coming Thursday, it'll be the second night of the training, and it'll be before everybody leaves the parts ways. And we've scrambled to throw this thing together in about four or five weeks, and we've got you know, a massive falling already. It seems like we're gonna have a very good turnout. The way that it'll be set up, there'll be three West Virginia natives. Um Abby is one of their names, Like I don't know her last name. Samantha Winland is another participant, Then I'll be on the panel too. We'll be offering our lived and professional experience with addiction. And then Andrew Bell, he's a national substance use and harm reduction expert from the state of Maryland. He's going to be facilitating the conversation. So we'll start offering our personal experience, and then Andrew's going to lead us through a a series of questions. And then at the end of the panel, we'll have a large Q&A session where any members of the audience can ask us, or they can ask Andrew, or maybe even they can ask some of the other experts who are going to be in in the audience uh, that are part of the trainers for that training to see, you know, what do you guys think about? substance use. What's been your experience? What's your perspective? What do you think maybe we could do moving forward? I think we all agree that we're facing challenges with substance use in the Middle High Valley, and we don't necessarily have the best solutions. Like We know that there are some solutions available, and I think it's important that we present them, but I think it's even more important that we get the community's feedback on where are they at with it, How do they feel about it? And are they willing to participate moving forward on these solutions? Because it's not a divisive. It's not a political issue. We need to work together to figure this out. And this is kind of a starting conversation for that.
0: Well, I I know when I first became a um, city councilman, one of my big things, I was like, and I'm also a 911 dispatcher, you know that, I deal with it every day. And I was like, why is it that if somebody's overdosing on something, they can go in, they narcan them they make them leave. Bob, you can't arrest your way out of this problem. And I sit and thought about that while I was sitting up at the council and I thought, you know, that makes perfect sense. So we got to figure out how we're going to do this, you know? uh, So in your experience, I mean, what, how many and what type of, well, no, I don't want to say that. Let's go. Let me change that a minute here. I, I guess where I'm going is that, what are you finding are the main, uh, help me out here, Rick, the main causes for people who, I, I mean, I, I know some people say, you know, it's an illness and that's, you know, that's fine. You know, that, that's, but what makes them want to do that first time? Because, you know, there, I, I was just listening to a thing today where um, a 16 year old boy took a pill that was given to him by this guy he knows, he thought it was Oxycontin and it was fentanyl that killed him. So I I was just, I'm just kind of curious because I I don't know that much about it. And I know this a lot has a lot to do with life things and just stuff like that. And maybe some peer pressure involved, you know? So what's your take on that? I mean, what's, what do you,
2: I'll answer that question and I'll, I'll start to put it through a lens. What, what did your childhood, what did your high school experience look like? What was your college days like, your early adulthood? Think about what that answer would be like from everybody you know. Right. It'd be different. Everybody would have their own unique experience. Exactly. And it's, it's the same with recovery. Everybody kind of ends up, I think, in drug use. uh in their own individual way. Now, now for mine, I can relay my experience and how it started for me. And I think it's probably indicative of a lot of situations for people that are more likely to use substances. So at age 13, I was the last person in my family, in my immediate family to begin using drugs. Um, you know, my mother, bless her heart. My my father, my, my deceased now brother, we lost a heroin overdose and my sister. Um, Sorry about that. All, yeah. It, thank you. It, all of them. At the age when I was at the age of 13, we were already participating in some form of substance use. You know, mom, maybe cocaine, dad, alcohol and weed, sister, weed. My brother was selling weed at that time. So that was the environment I was raised in. I mean, I'll, I'll take responsibility for my choice to use at age 13, and especially afterwards as I became developing as an adult. But I do think that if at age 13 I hadn't been around it for so long and that wasn't the norm, maybe I would have been less likely to use. So you'll hear me time and time again as we talk about substance use and recovery, but I think it's so important we look at the environment that our youth are raised up in, and and that's part of the adverse childhood experience training. There's a 10-question questionnaire that gauges, have you been around substance use? Have you been around traumatic experiences, domestic violence, mental illness? And the higher you score to 10 on that, you are much more likely... To suffer from a mental illness or substance use in your adult life. So I think a lot of times early on traumatic experience, rough environments where it's it's more normal to participate in substance use often can be a contributing factor. Now that doesn't explain the the kids that are in a, a different environment that fall into it anyways. It's really unpredictable. But I do think the the more turbulent and troublesome the environment at a young age, the more likely an individual is going to be to use later in life. And I think that's something that's really important. We look at creating solutions for.
1: I read something very disturbing just in the last couple of weeks. And uh, that was that uh, on our national surveys, they found out that 20% of all teens in America contemplate suicide at least once a day. Now what in the world has happened to our society where one out of five kids doesn't feel there's anything left to live for. And I'm wondering if perhaps escape into the drug world isn't part of that whole syndrome.
2: I think.
3: I can in here.
2: Ahead, Wendy. Hey, Wendy, welcome. Thanks for joining uh, us.
3: Hey, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Um, I, th- I think a couple of things. Um, I think um, COVID certainly had an impact on exacerbating whatever isolation and social lack of social support that the kids already had. But also there's a, an incredible study called the adverse childhood experiences study. And that showed um, it measured about 10 different factors that contribute to um, early childhood and distress in general. And what they showed is that any kind of um Early childhood events, there's a direct correlation between the physical and mental health long term. So, those might be was there a divorce, a prison, a mental illness, an addiction, any kind of abuse? Did you witness domestic violence? Um, There's, like I said, there's 10 of these factors. And what we're finding is that, you know, the more of those factors a child has, the more at risk they are, not just as kids, but as they get older and if there's no um, relief or help or support for them then it often just does not get better and kids are very it's sometimes hard for them to find a supportive adult Um, it's hard for them to open up a lot of people are really ashamed about feeling so desperate and they don't want to talk about it and i think when if if adults have a hard time talking Talking about it, kids are going to have a hard time, and it's like the the pressure, plus the shame, plus the inability to talk about it, and no safe place. I think those are all factors. And like you say, this is an enormous problem. Thank you for bringing that up, Rick.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Will. Well, how do we? I mean, how do we intercede at it? You know, how do we catch these kids? How do we get them at, at a young age? I know, Wendy, you and I have discussed uh, uh, the the youth youth centers and stuff like that. You know, we've discussed that once before when we were talking about some things. Um, but how do we how do we get ahead of this? I mean, you know, we we don't want. I know you can't catch them all, and I understand that. And and I'm not saying you, know, but I'm just saying how can we how can we help make their lives better than you know as far as and and the way things are going, I mean, drugs are, like, inundating the United States of America, and, and it's pretty sad. I was just telling Reed a little bit ago, I, w- I, I seen a thing where this 16-year-old boy took a pill he thought was Oxycontin, and it turned out to be fentanyl and killed him right now. And his yeah. parents were on television this morning talking about, we got to do something, people. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it takes a community effort, I think, doesn't it, Reed? Yes, sir. It mm-hmm. take a community effort to really to really make this situation better but i'm just kind of curious where we can what direction we can head in and you know um, i i I wanted to be there um thursday night i really did but i'm five day quarantine i can't do anything that's
3: um if i I, i'm sorry bob
0: i I, I was (laughs) just i was just whining wendy
3: that's okay (laughs) it's a big problem and um Thank goodness that this workshop is going to be training other people in the community um, so that we'll be having more of this information out there. So I think that's the, the fabulous part about train the trainers, so that Reed and Sarah Barton and others um, that are going to be at this workshop will be resources to us after you get off quarantine. Um, and, and Reed, I hope you'll address this because you're one that didn't get caught early, but you did get caught sort of in a different way. And then you were able to turn that around. But I worked for years with um, Birth to Three and um, with early intervention. And I also look at Huntington and they developed with um, uh, one of the philanthropic uh, uh, organizations, a very comprehensive, you have to intervene at every stage. Like for, for me dealing with infants and children, Yes, you saw behavior problems in infants and children, but you also had parents that were traumatized. You had parents that had, their parents were addicted or their parents were abusive. And so now you've got the 20-year-old that's trying to mother a a three-month-old that has no clue, you know, or their only models were really destructive. So one thing I like about Huntington and what I like about a community approach is that you address it at birth, like Huntington has Lily's place with the um the addicted babies. You address it in preschool you know you train your teachers to do harm not harm um resiliency skills and you teach the kids to say no and have good boundaries and you help them. Uh, you know how to deal with bullies, you know, you, you deal with your elementary kids, and you teach them to set goals, and you have supported adults, you deal with your teenagers, you deal with your young adults, you give uh, um, job skills, you give training, you give support, you encourage, you have healthy recreation, you have, you have churches, whatever, 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 Groups and support the family, Boys and Girls Club, Children's Home Society, Children's Listening Place, um, YMCA. So there you can intervene in all kinds of ways with violence prevention, with um, with your young adults. Then you have your young parents. And in Huntington, they have, um, you know, they have, so we got different levels. You've got the prevention, which is, before the child gets involved with drugs or the adults, which is healthy coping skills, good social relationships. Um, I'm going to shut up in a minute, let you come back here. But, but then you get people that are um, experimenting, trying, you know, so you want to have healthy alternatives like, Instead of doing drugs, can you have dances where there are no drugs? Can you have drop-in places for teens to hang out where they can deal with the stress and just have fun in a non-drug-oriented environment? Can you have good role models? Can you have Boy Scouts? Um, but then once people start taking drugs, and you need intervention, and you need to be able to provide treatment, recovery. Um, they go to jail. There should be programs from day one When a person gets in jail to support them and to help them leave prison equipped to have a healthy adult life, you know, and then when they're released, you can't assume that they're going to be fine. You've got to build in your recovery supports. And, you know, it it goes on and on. And you want to help prevent relapse. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have friendships, you have churches, you have 12 step groups, you have support groups, you have And you encourage people to ask for help. You encourage people to talk. You encourage people to listen. You know, and it may be a small thing that just blows up unexpectedly. You have crisis hotlines. We do have now a 998 number that anybody can dial anywhere in the United States for suicide help. So that and 211 are also essential numbers to remember because there are ways to get help if people are too discouraged too down too scared too overwhelmed too depressed too angry they need someone with them to help them take that step and all of us need someone to help us take next steps um but
0: so do, do you two i'm sorry wendy
3: go do ahead you two see,
0: do you two see a because i know we talked about this last week with mike piper and sean graham you know back when i was younger two years ago um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's up on me, Reed. Um, anyway, we were talking about back in the day, the big thing: women wanted to be nurses, guys wanted to be police officers and firemen. But there's a there's a turn away from all the positive. I mean, Wendy, you and I talked about the neighborhood youth academy, and I'm not sure what happened, but there was I, I could not get the people together to put it uh, on this year but the neighborhood youth academy we brought in reed i don't know if you're familiar with it or not but it's a program that was started at the pink church with mother marjorie very wonderful i love that woman she is just an amazing individual and we, we sat down one one time and we were discussing her she said you know what really got her into this this little boy walked up and he was standing there they were doing some work in the garden and he was just standing there and and mother marjorie looked at him she said can i help you and he was hungry and that just really really touched her so we she said what can we do well i said well actually rick did i think the neighborhood youth academy logo was actually rick's idea i'm not going to say me i think we kind of worked on it together but it was neighborhood youth academy and it's a program designed for kids to see police fire ems military magistrates in a positive light not showing up at their house at you know and it worked really well the kids i still see the kids that that i had in the first neighborhood youth academy and they come up and give me hugs they remember me because i think i had a positive effect on them because i mean we just we treated them with such respect and it, they didn't know what to do with themselves but you know every day every day at 911 we hear, we answer the phone, we hear people doing CPR, somebody's unresponsive from a drug overdose. They're doing CPR. You talk about something that is, I, I mean, it's traumatic because you're sitting there, you're listening to mom or sister or wife or husband, <clears throat> their, their loved one. You know, I mean, Narcan is a good idea, but, you know, so, sometimes it just gets to the point where they, they over, you know, these people it becomes a thing for him, but again, so, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward and I wish I was there and I hope you guys are able to get me some um, literature on Thursday nights because I will, I was going to be there. And like I said, unfortunately,
2: so let me think here, where are we going to go? Bob, if that's okay, I'll respond to kind of what you're mentioning about that Academy where you tried to lift up, the elected officials and in the, in the positive resources and services in the community in a positive light, okay. so that the kids respected them, revered them, and maybe would uh, you know follow that example. So there's an Icelandic model of prevention, of youth prevention, a study and an experiment done in the, the country of Iceland, where the children in those school systems in those communities. they were made sure that they participated every evening, every weekend, basically every hour of the day in some kind of positive structured extracurricular recreational activity. And what they saw as they studied these youth over time that the substance use, tobacco use, alcohol use went to the floor. You're looking at like 85 to 90% success rate in that community over just a year or two period. And the solution for them was keep these kids engaged, involved in a family setting, in a communal setting where the focus is health, the focus is recreation, the focus is structure, skill development, development as an individual character. So I think if you apply that to locally, we are really in a mess. You talk mm-hmm. about the family structure, you know, we've got a divorce rate that's over 50%. So we have to recognize that the family structure is is a barrier because kids may not have access to those same type of programs in the community, be able to get to and from because they're in essentially a broken home. And what are we consuming with our media? Now I'm not planning to take down big media, but I think as adults, we have to be intentional about what do we consume ourselves? Because when youth see what we consume, they're going to model that. And if they're consuming, you know, rap hip hop music that's promoting dealing drugs, uh, you know, victimizing women, if we're, if we're consuming, unhealthy things in general the kids are going to pick up on that so i think as adults and as a community we need to a make it okay to talk about these things whether it's addiction suicide our mental health our own poor choices we need to b set the healthiest example we can with our own choices with the content we consume the choices we make and and i believe over time that in itself can can pay off so it's important that that We look at what are we feeding our kids? What are we feeding ourselves? Because we can't just say, well, the kids don't need to be listening to that or watching that and filter it out and block it out and expect things to change. But I think we can set a healthy example, and, and that you know, over time will pay off. I, I always told my girls that you know when,
0: when they became moms, children live what they learn. Hmm. And 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 I think that's a big statement. They live what they learn. If they live hatred. And by the way, we're starting. We're, we're getting a bunch of comments from different people. Uh, Dominic Curl, prevention in schools. All the above for you, Wendy Tuck. One eight hundred one eight four four help for West Virginia. Uh, Brandy Best says we need to get more for the youth to be involved in. Yes, we do. That is a must. We have to get these kids engaged, and that's what I was talking about with the um, with the uh, youth. Um, centers where they can come in and, and get away from that environment. They can come in and, and talk to people, have fun. It's like the Boys and Girls Club, but, you know, kind of a, on a different level because not everybody lives within the realm of the Boys and Girls Club. They can't always get there. So, you know, I, I know I had a big meeting. It's been three years ago. A bunch bunch of community people showed up and we were discussing the the youth centers and everybody wanted to do it, but it just kind of went away because everybody got tied up on other stuff. But I'm hoping what happens is, is after Thursday that we don't let that go. You know what I mean? We do not let that go. We continue on with, with what, with, with the spirit of what's going to happen Thursday night. We need to continue on with that. And because, you know, I've always said, you know, you know, People are right. It does take a it does take a village to raise a child. Sometimes, you know what I mean. And sometimes we have to step in and say, you know what? Let me help. Let let me, you know. And that's why that's why here at the Bobcast, and this is exact reason why Rick and I are doing this: a to get people involved in the community; b to bring positive, like you and Reed positive people who are making an impact on this community. Um, We're going to have a bunch more. We're we're starting right now to um, schedule for August. And and afterwards, Reed, after Thursday, sometime maybe in the next couple, three weeks, I'd love to have you back on. And we can discuss that. Wendy, you too. I I love having you guys on. And I'm finally glad that you got that taken care of. But, you know, I, I really think that this is a major problem not just for us, but around the country. I mean, it's becoming quite, it's becoming a downfall, Mm -hmm. so to speak. You know, I I told my wife, we talk about it, and I said, I I feel I'm I'm afraid for my grandkids' kids because we don't know know what's going to happen.
3: Yeah. One thing I think is so important is for us to look at ourselves and to look at where we have the courage to face our own problems honestly with courage Um, you know, some drugs are legal and some drugs are illegal. And, you know, you have um, alcohol has been illegal at some times and legal other times. Um, Pot is legal some places and not legal places. Uh, Cocaine used to be in our Coca-Cola, you know, like there's drugs are painkillers, drugs make you feel better, drugs heal you. Some drugs cause harm. So, so people take drugs, whether legal or illegal, for lots of different reasons. And I think what we want to do as adults is look at our courage, our fear, our pain. What are we dealing with courageously, openly? Where are we hiding? Where are we avoiding our own uh disasters for lack of a better word i mean how many of us go home and get a good drink after a hard day at work right
0: right
3: how many of us go shopping and say oh it's just retail therapy like you know the kids see us taking shortcuts to feeling better and uh, you know anything in moderation is probably not harmful i mean like but except the fentanyl once is harmful one time think what 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 we as adults can do is model openness. And I am really struggling with XYZ with my kids or my parents or whoever. Um, I'm really sad. I'm really mad. I'm really frustrated. And this is how I'm going to cope with it. And we set those models every single day. And even if we don't think anybody's watching, they are, you know, and they see how we're coping with our lives And we can be that encouragement to other kids and other our peers as well, you know, to say, hey, you might not need to get so drunk tonight. You know, why don't you come over and let's watch a movie so we can do those things for each other. And um, it's not just them. It's also us, you know, that we are building strength. We are building courage. That's, that's just what I'd like to say is that we're kind of all in this together. I mean, life is painful and hard, and, and uh, we can all lift each other up.
0: What, what, do, you, what do you think, Reed, about, um, and, and we discussed this last week with Mike, Mike Piper, and Sean Graham, uh, the QRTs, quick response teams, I mean, good idea. Mm-hmm. I, but I'm not sure. Do we have them now? I, yes. I, in really County? Really. in
2: oh, Wood yeah. County?
0: Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. know Wood
2: County does. To my knowledge, Westbrook Health Services manage Wood Counties. And mm-hmm. the Middle High Valley Health Department manages it in the other six counties, uh, Roan, Calhoun, Pleasants, Wirt, Jackson, I believe. Or maybe Jackson's separate. So all those rural counties, the Middle High Valley Health Department manages. Wood Counties, Westbrook. And we do have them. And and I worked at Westbrook for six months as a youth recovery coach. And I'll be honest, it's the first time I'd ever seen any model like that. It seemed very effective. I mean, when you go the next day after somebody overdosed and knock at the address they left with EMS, you can expect like maybe you're not going to make a radical difference that day in, in that person's life if they're even lucky enough to be at that same place. But that outreach in the communities, dropping off those business cards, people you know in those communities, seeing people show up. You know, the police car comes with them, but the people come separate and the people come with lived experience and the people come because they care. They're working that job because they want to make a difference, not a bunch of money. And, and I've seen a lot of people be saved through the QRT program. Sure, we've lost a lot of people, but we've lost a lot less because of the QRT. So I think they do good work. I'm glad. I'm glad. I I, like I said I
0: wasn't sure about Wood County. I didn't know about Wood County. And uh, but, you know, I've I, I've always said, you know, how you handle a situation will ultimately affect the outcome either good or bad or otherwise i uh i started a program many years ago called working by the code c-o-d-e and it's a program that i worked on in it i just kind of teach about confidence in yourself uh it's mainly for the security field i've been in it for 25 plus years but you know it's just something that we need to come up with and like i said i hope after thursday we can continue this talk this conversation and there's so many things going on you know there's so many positive things happening and that's what i want to focus on guys that i want to focus on positives you know i don't want to say well you know that guy's a druggie okay whatever you know okay what can we do you know let, let's let's make this let's make this turn this negative into a positive and let's show everybody what you know that there is positive things going on in the middle of high valley i Facebook has become quite the and, and I'm on Facebook all the time because of my family, but Facebook has become quite the anti-establishment for different things, you know. Oh, this guy did this, and this officer did that, and this person did. This. Okay, all right, and I understand that, you know. Uh, test, I go say test says hi, Ray. I didn't know if you could see it or not. I didn't know I see it. test. Thanks for joining. Yeah, <laughs> we get, we're getting a lot of good good conversation today about this. And that's great. And I hope that everybody shows up um, Thursday night and read makes the uh, and Wendy and makes this, makes this a very positive community outreach thing that we can, like I said, continue to do. And because anything to help, we're not going to eradicate drugs. I mean, our officers are trying our, you know, but as long as things are going on where they're going on, you know, and the Southern borders and stuff like that. And I'm not getting into all the negativity because that's not what I'm about. But, you know, the things that are going on, that stuff's coming in and it is scary. And, you know, I thank God I've got three granddaughters, one's in college and two are in high school. And I, I thank God that they didn't, you know, participate in that stuff. And that, and, and I really, and as far as me, you know, I, 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 my big thing was, and I've mentioned this before on a past show, I didn't want to have to look my mom in the face you know what i mean because (laughs) i know what would happen my mother would my my, the look on my mother's face would devastate me and i didn't want to have to face my grandfather my grandfather was more of my dad but i didn't want to face my grandfather my grandfather was a, a wonderful smart man and i happened to face him when you so you know we're going to have to have the conversation about turning things around and making things better for everybody involved. And, and you know, if the Bobcast can do anything, and I mean anything, we're here at, you know, you guys' read. Is there anything you want to say, sir? Is there anything that, that we haven't talked about that you'd
2: like to, you know, run with? we still got plenty of time. There's a few things I'd like to touch on. When we talk about social media, you know, Rick started off mentioning that 20% is around the number we're looking at of kids that have expressed thoughts about suicide, and it's likely higher because not everybody responds, honestly, on surveys. And if you look at technology, I mean, it's easy to attribute some of those negative mental health aspects to the use of technology and social media. But if you look at it as a tool and we look at, it, you know, how much time we're spending on it already, how can we use social media to leverage <laughs> what we're trying to do? Can we post all the things that are going on in the community? regularly like the bobcast like all the events you know at the art center or the ymca or the boys and girls club can we be intentional because i scroll through my feed sometimes and i see this person got married or this person you know with a new job and, and all that's great but how often do you see the way people genuinely feel i woke up today and didn't feel like living or i woke up and thought about using today or i probably had too many beers last night after work and i'm kind of embarrassed about my choices lately Can we use social media to be transparent about our struggles instead of it being a facade? And does that have a positive impact on our community? Personally, from my experience over the past two years, using it when I'm struggling as well as when I'm doing well has had a positive impact because I have had dozens and dozens of people reach out to me privately and say, thank you for being transparent about your struggles. I was in a difficult place and I wasn't sure I was going to make it, but that let me know that it was okay to be in that place. Thank you for being loud about your recovery, being upfront about your experiences. Now I feel like I'm not a fraud. I'm not a a bad person. I shouldn't be ashamed about my past. So I think it's important we all do that in our own respects to our own experiences. So we empower and lift up people that have similar experiences. I want to mention that on August 20th, the Boys and Girls Club is having their annual fundraiser inside the huddle with Tony Caridi. When you ask, you know, what can the community do to help support the existing programs? Donate a little bit of money if you have it. Donate a little bit of time if you have it. I don't have a real strong family network. I've got some extended family that's really supportive and a great mentor. So when I came home from prison two years ago, part of my reentry plan was volunteering. And I, I just said yes to everything. I got involved at North Parkersburg Baptist Church. I got involved in every group I could. And within two years, I ended up on eight different boards of directors with more on my schedule that I could keep up with. But it was saying yes to all those opportunities realizing that i could be useful as a community member that led me to believe that i can make a difference i mean me and wendy have been involved in more neighborhood cleanups or meetings or conversations <laughs> with people just to try and do something right we don't have all the answers we just want to do something and i encourage people to get excited about their community right because if you're not excited about it it's not happening exactly. whatever you can see happen it's right out your front door we got the belt mural project done in just a couple months. And, it's, and that it's, is amazing. I mean, I just, <laughs> I could not be more proud of the Belgrade community coming together and, and doing something like that that lifted up the whole neighborhood. So and that's an I, amazing. That was an amazing
0: piece of work that you guys did. I was, I was thoroughly impressed with that we showed that on, on the podcast. Oh, did you? Um, Thank you. Right, right after, back after, right after it was done, I believe it was, whatever. it, Yeah, same week. Yeah. Yeah, same week it was done. We had, a, we put it on the Bobcast because it just amazed us. And the thing about this is, Rick and I doing this is we we learned so much that we didn't know before, and so you know we we try to we try to stay positive. Every once in a while we'll mention something, but you know we want to make a positive impact on people's lives in the community, and we want people to. Rick and I started the Wood County Volunteer Coalition. We have a page, and that Wood County Volunteer Coalition is um uh, is a program to match those who want to volunteer with those who need volunteers. So, you know, I'm going to plug that, go to the Wood County volunteer coalition webpage. All these people need help. I mean, if you just got a couple hours a week, that's a couple hours a week that these people are going to, this people are going to need, you know, that they appreciate that. You know, we, we've talked to several people here on the podcast and it's just amazing. The work that's being done that I had no idea about, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was on I was on circles circles board for a little bit, but my schedule got so whacked I could not keep up with, with anything. So you know, between work and city council and everything else, but you know, I, I, I'm proud of you guys. I I appreciate you guys. I really appreciate you bringing that to Wood County, to Parkersburg, and opening up the conversation. And again, I, I do hope, guys, that we can that we can uh, move on with it and keep keep the conversation rolling. You know, I'm not sure what we can do uh, long term, short term. Maybe you know we can do some things, but and then move into a long term solution and try to come up with some ideas. You know, w- Wendy Tuck and uh, and I'm I'm going to say this, Wendy Tuck is one of the hardest working people. Absolutely, always always involved in something in this community and that's awesome because she comes mid she'll say something and i'm like now that's just too cool at council meeting she'll say i did i was here and i'm like that's just that's too cool wendy because she really really cares and and we appreciate that wendy very much you're just an awesome individual and i want you to understand that I'm, that's what i think of you you are an awesome individual and well, people guys, are pretty you
3: know and um And I find that um, I think one thing we can never, ever, ever underestimate is being kind and being curious, like when we're tempted to be judgmental or to look down at somebody just to go, well, I might not do that, but I don't know what I would do if they were if I was in their shoes. Like half my neighborhood, I have no idea how they cope with their stuff. I mean, they are brave and competent beyond my wildest imagination. You know, and um, they're you know to remember that every single person is somebody's little boy, somebody's little girl, somebody's grandkid. You know, like I don't. Exactly. I mean, it's a big complex problem, but it's also like every single care Be kind. You know, be respectful. Be notice people treat them like a human being and you can never underestimate that ever because sometimes you don't feel like you're worth anything like you're not worth saving like i tell you i bet every single person who's Nar- who receives narcan has thought just let me die just let my life be over i'm done and when they hear that from other people or they say well wh- you know why are- why do we keep doing this But sometimes I have never heard anybody say, you matter, live, live for me, you know, live for me. I want you here. I care about you. I want you here. And that may be the thing that turns around. I mean, every one of us have been in tough spots where that little bit of encouragement, all the difference in the world. So, yes, it is complicated and complex, but it's also very, very simple, like the person in front of you. Look at them, listen to them, see them as a human being, you know, and and treat them with kindness and respect. I I just think we can't ever underestimate that. And like you say, Bob, people are doing tremendous things. And sometimes all you do is come in behind them, you know, and go, hey, I'm going to give you my two dollars. I'm going (laughs) to that's Reed asked me to talk at the uh, the um, city park at his run. And that's how we met. You know, it's just yeah. you, it's crazy. Like, you know, you get out there and you talk to people and you find out what's going on. And like you say, Bob, there's there's really good stuff. And we can if we're out of ideas, uh, half my brilliance is from other people. <laughs> I'll just tell you, I don't have all those ideas. I listen a lot, you know, that's,
0: and that's and fine. I, though, But you bring them out in a positive way. So you always bring them out in a positive not way.
3: Not on me. <laughs> you
0: know,
2: but it's, and I, go ahead, Reed. It's just amazing how profound and simple a principle it is that Wendy's talking about of being kind and spreading kindness. And and I have a story to share. It's a short one. I've given a lot of talks at, at local civic organizations and elsewhere, and I often get asked, you know, what do we do, whether it's substance use or the homeless problem? And my mentors even asked me this. If you had the opportunity to be before council and they asked you for like one solution to fix this problem, what would it be, Reed? And I said, well, I don't really know for one answer. So I asked Lou Ortensio, He's the director of the Clarksburg Mission, which I spent many months at when I was younger and homeless. And that place had a positive impact in my life. And I said, Lou, what would your answer be You know, if you had one, one answer to give before an entity that wanted to help this problem? He said, well, I don't really know what my one answer would be, but, but I've got a story of a successful businessman who was in Clarksburg for a long time, did a lot of great works, was very wealthy, and at the end of his life, he felt like he hadn't fulfilled his purpose or made the difference he wanted to. So after he retired from business, he went around Clarksburg, West Virginia, and he introduced himself and he got to know every homeless person that lived on those streets that he could and he connected with them and he built relationships with them. So when we talk about what, what can we do to care for the youth in our community, if we can be more concerned about connecting with them and getting to know them in any manner we interact with them, if we can care about connecting with the people next door to us at the store with us down the street from us, you really can't measure the impact it's going to have because throwing money at it or building a program or developing a plan can only go so far if there's no humanity at the basis of it. And I think that's what exactly. Wendy's talking about. And I think it matters. <laughs> that, that,
0: is, that is a smart comment. That is a very good comment. I agree 100% with that. So, Wendy, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we close for the night?
3: Uh, Don't be afraid of the truth. I mean, that's always my model is, you know, like whatever is real, whatever is true, just admit it. (laughs) I think sometimes you feel, you know, like an idiot or ashamed. But, you know, what do they say? An ugly truth is better than a beautiful lie. But so many times we get into trouble by trying to cover up or hide or pretend or lie. Um, And it just doesn't work. (laughs) I mean, it just adds up up and you feel worse and you feel powerless and then you get into this spiral. But if you can find one trusted person or even if in your journal, you never, ever lie to yourself, like just face yourself or, you know, in 12 steps, they say, you know, confess to God and one other human being or, or one trustworthy person. And and just the truth is life hurts and life is beautiful and complex, you know. So there's not a, a I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer, but I, I guess I would just say, what's the truth? What's really going on here? And what you know, can they I always do? say
0: that the truth will set you free? And that's
3: I believe that um, it
0: has I think that's- words, guys. <laughs> it has
2: <laughs> Reed, is there anything you'd like to say, sir, before we close out for the evening? Just a heartfelt thank you to you and Rick and Wendy. I just want you to know how much it means to me. Uh, just a little over a year after I first met you, to be be on the Bobcast to share our experiences and trying to build a better yeah. MOV. It's, it's a pleasure. That's what yeah. the show is all about: is building a better
0: MOV and bringing the positives out to it. And uh, Tessa, you're right. Shine your lights. You know, come on. You know, be 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 that beacon that people can of hope that people can look to and say that right there is why I want to go on, you know? And so Reed, thank you. You, You're a very smart individual, Wendy. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you both very much, Rick. Anything you'd like to say before we close out tonight, sir?
1: Yeah, but I don't want to be on here another half an hour. Uh, Long time ago, about 45 minutes ago, Wendy, Wendy mentioned youth activities, and that just started my head spinning. I, I grew up in the 50s. I mean, that, I'm that old. I really am. You, you, know, you <laughs> can't tell it by looking at me. But I grew up in the 50s. And I got to think, When she was talking, I was thinking about all the people, all the adults in my life that worked so hard to make me know that I was worth something.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, I had, I had, I, I got into the Boy Scouts when I was six years old. I joined the Cubs. I stayed in the Boy Scouts until I was twenty years old, and went went into the service. Um, uh, I had my my youth group at church on every Wednesday night. I had Boy Scouts every Thursday night. I had, uh, as I was growing up, I got into music. Uh, when I was in hmm. high school, I was in the band for two years. I was in the orchestra for two years. And the orchestra conductor or the orchestra teacher at my school just happened to be the, the choir director at my, at my church. And his entire thing was making kids who made noise on instruments to make them feel like they were accomplished musicians, to make them feel like they were worth something. And I think that's that's what's missing in our entire society that I see now that we had in the 50s we don't have now. Everybody worked so hard to make everybody else feel like they were absolutely worth something, you know, a a real needed human being, uh, somebody who needed to be a part of our society. And and I just I just hate that we don't see that anymore.
3: Hmm.
0: Well, okay, I appreciate you all very much. Rick, thanks a lot for that one, sir. We've come to the end of the podcast for this week. Uh, We thank you all very much for being a part of it and listening to us and your great comments. We had so many comments. That's amazing. Um, please send your questions, comments, and suggestions to us at comments at bobcast.net so we can discuss them on the podcast. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Bobcast MOV. And so in 30 minutes, probably in about 30 minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer since we've had a lot going on. Probably about an hour and a half, Rick. You'll be yeah, probably, uh, probably about an
1: hour for it to render. You, the, <laughs> we, we will
0: be uploaded to YouTube. One you there, watch it, click subscribe, and just because we, we need to get this out here. Uh, this is something Rick and I are very passionate about. So we're going to say goodnight. And as always, remember this those who are always looking down never see the rainbow or silver linings. So keep looking up, everybody, and keep looking forward and never give up. Thank you guys very much for being here. Have Thanks a again, very wonderful evening. Mr. Sawyer, as always, I'll call you, sir.
1: Absolutely. Good,
0: Good night, everybody.
3: Go ahead, have a great Thank night, you, Bob. Night. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much.